0: welcome to the school run i'm jane and i'm Liv, and we are going to share with you the best conversations we have on our school run
1: we will invite guests and debate topics that affect and resonate with every generation we
0: all remember our own school run so maybe have a think about yours what do you remember Hello and welcome to another episode of the School Run Podcast. We are so excited about these chats. We have the most amazing, profound, prolific people sharing their careers and their journeys. And Liv and I, my 15-year-old daughter, are very privileged to be in this position. Liv, how are you feeling about this one before we introduce this lady? I'm super
1: excited. I really am,
0: actually. So I came home after a little visit um, to my local MP's constituency office, which I'd never been to before, never spoken to an MP, was quite um overwhelmed, and I met this wonderful lady called Catherine Fletcher. She is MP, Member of Parliament for South Ribble. Um, and I was talking to her about an issue within my business, little voices, and childcare vouchers and different things. And she was wonderful and so listened so in such a detailed way. And I mentioned the podcast, and Catherine said, I'd love to come on. Definitely will come on. So here we are with Catherine in her office. Thank you for having us. You Welcome uh, welcome to
2: the, I would, I'd like to say glamour, but I'm not entirely sure that it is it's particularly glamorous. To describe the surroundings, before I got elected, I was running my own furniture business. So we've got the remnants of my stock surrounding us. <laughs> From an Edwardian bureau to a plan chest to a slightly battered table, so um, and none of it matches. So thank you for putting up with the utterly non matching and, and practically ancient
0: office furniture. <laughs> it's lovely to be here in person, and and obviously I was quite overwhelmed meeting you. I'd never met an MP before. I went home and said to Liv, what, "What do you think? Can we can we have Catherine on our podcast?" And she said, "Yes, I'd like to. I'd like to know about how you find yourself in politics and mm. in, in government." and you know helping local people so uh, today's a friday and i layman think well you the mps are always in their offices on a friday am i right and is that the what's your week look like catherine so uh
2: so hello i'm very excited to be here <laughs> i'm not entirely sure i deserve the massive build-up because i think it's uh, one of the things i find really interesting is um how people kind of they, they kind of, they respect the job title. That's fine, but they expect something that they don't get when they meet a member of parliament. When I go and join, you know, meet and talk to colleagues down south, they say the same thing. You know, people have the funniest ideas about what we like, what we do and stuff. So it's really nice to just be able to have a bit of a longer chat rather than those sound bites that you see on social media. So typical week. So then um, the house of commons is. I, I I describe it as kind of, you know, very advanced in that it's got to about 1986. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I, I, Maybe a little bit later. It's, it's, it's a very old institution. And actually, I'm not necessarily calling it for that. Because when you go down there and you walk through part of it, you know, Westminster Hall, it's like a thousand years old. Wow. The whole place is designed to remind you that you are this tiny cock. <laughs> In the, in the, you know, the great yeah. panoply of British democracy. So, um, but it's still working to slightly older rules. So it th- the best way to think about it is it's almost like on school terms, not quite in that you know, if something serious happens, we can get recalled, but you will go down for like a chunk of weeks. Then there will be a recess. So at the moment we it's Easter, so we're on Easter recess. So the house isn't sitting for a fortnight. And so and I've been in the office the whole of that fortnight uh, or out and about kind of um, talking to people in Leyland about getting the police station reopened or that, you know, that kind of stuff. But most Fridays, the House of Commons will sit Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, and then we'll be back Friday. But sometimes there is a thing called a sitting Friday where we try to put private members bills through. So some Fridays I'm actually still in London and not back till really late. But you don't you don't tend to do all of them. You kind of do it if there is um, something of particular interest to you. So, um, for example, there was a bill going through um, when I was very brief, like yeah, very briefly a minister. <laughs> so, you're like that was very junior. So, you do the Friday stuff, um, which was about protecting people at work. Um, so, making sure that lawyer uh, that uh, firms are. Putting things in place to make sure that women aren't harassed whilst doing their jobs so that but it's a very small piece of legislation it's not like you know some of the big bills that we're trying to do at the moment like immigration or environmental protection all that kind of stuff um so most Fridays I'm here I'll do uh constituency surgeries like UK you Mm -hmm. know where people can come and see me and talk about different issues I'll then probably um, go and do some visits, either see a school or a business, you know, people that want to talk to us. Um, and then I will have kind of meetings with the local people of different layers of government and influences to make, you know, to start kind of moving things forward for Leyland. And then in the evening, I'll probably go out and speak to people and knock on doors and say, what do you think? What do you want me to do? And almost think everybody gives it, oh, I've never met an MP before. <laughs> And 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 it's kind of um, it's kind of weird because you you go well we never see you. I mean, you what you want to go is well there's a there's about a hundred thousand people with the South Ribble constituency so I'm I've got a science background so I did a bit I did the numbers and I worked out that from the day I was elected if I'd done nothing twelve hours a day but knock on doors to speak to people by the time I'd walked around the houses and stuff I still would have only spoken to like. 20% of the the, the entire constituency. constituency even if I'd done nothing I'd never gone to London you know <laughs> so it's it's kind of giving people the scale but then making sure that you're speaking to enough people to understand what people want and need you to do and what they're worried about. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And you really are in a role of helping people, aren't you? And I suppose listening yeah. and then taking that back and trying to help the big shape the bigger picture. Is that how you see it?
2: Yeah, yeah. I will quite regularly like have a conversation here over the, on a Friday or over the weekend or during a recess and then kind of go back and quote it in the House of Commons or not necessarily in the chamber, sometimes on the green benches, but actually just kind of behind closed doors and like, you know, you know, Bob in Tarleton or, you know, Miriam in Pen with them says, uh, you know, we've really got to start thinking about this. And, you know, it it kind of makes sense. Um, It's very, I think it's, people think that my job is to kind of tell Lancashire and South Ribble what, uh, London's doing for them whereas actually it's kind of the reverse my job is to be South Ribble's voice in London you know go, um, I said when I wanted to get elected that uh, my ambition was to go and stand in the corridors of power with my arms folded and say are you are serious? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I I kind of, I'm being slightly sarcastic, but there is a bit of that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) What would you like to ask Catherine about? I suppose how she ended up in in this role. That's quite interesting. For young people listening, your age group, we've got a lot of listeners who are at GCSE level, A level level, where you've got to have it all figured out at school. You don't, do you? Life's a journey.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think, I don't know. I feel like when people hear MP. They have like a vision of what, like you said, a vision of what yeah, they yeah, are. posh
2: twin set pearls, yeah. maybe some horses. Enjoys beating the servants at weekends. Yeah, yeah, yeah all
1: I mean, of that. Yeah, the only, yeah. I mean, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really watch the news, and I'll be honest about that. I don't watch it because I don't like all the negative things that talked about on the news. But I also, I mean, a lot of people have asked me when I told them I was coming on and interviewing an interview in MP. They were like. Are they going to give you a yes or no answer? Because they always see on the news that they always like, I don't know, keep talking and talking and talking and never give a yes or no answer. And is that what it's like if you're working with like other MPs or? Well, I try really hard
2: not to do that. Yeah. But the problem is, is it's really risky. Because um, the thing uh, that when you go and do media, you're, I'm not, I was, a, I was a scientist, I was a businesswoman. I'd like to say it was normal. He probably trades
0: descriptions. Well, I read yeah. about you on Wikipedia, you know, because it's a lovely thing. University of Nottingham, I'm my yeah, right? yeah. biology degree, as you yeah, said, yeah. highlighted science, and then and then business. Northern powerhouse is a real. That was your background, like you say, normal.
2: But I mean, I, I, I've got a lot of very good mates that might listen to this, and I'll get a load of text messages go, "You've never been bloody normal." <laughs> But uh, you know, as in, it, you know, not born into power, not born into politics in any way. Um, the, the so, but what I've, I've, so I've kind of come at it, and I've made quite a few mistakes actually, because I'm, I'm here. I want a northern powerhouse. That's why I'm doing it. You know, if I was, if I'd have stayed in business, I'd, uh, you know, I'd be probably a lot richer and get ninety nine point nine 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 percent less abuse on social media. <laughs> um, so you've got to do it because you want to do it for a reason, uh, but. The the when you're when they're in the interviews, the media, the journalists, they're a skilled profession in their own right. They already know what they want out. Um, a, a colleague of mine once described this as like a play, and it's a really good analogy. In that, actually, a lot of people are are effectively reading from a script. So the journalist will know what we need to say. We know that the journalist is trying to trap us into saying something that they can clip that makes it sound like we're not saying what we're actually trying to say, you know. So you have to be very verbally careful to not give them something that uh, is actually can be spun in to say oh this person is saying I don't know, I, want to, I like kicking puppies at weekends, when actually they're not saying that, yeah. they've just made a verbal slip. Yeah. So that's why you can hear people being really careful. Um, but the other side of it, I'm going to defend us a bit, because these are really big, hairy questions, and th- there aren't yes or no answers to them you know should we support the ukrainian people in, in in putin's horrible war you could say yes but if you just say a blanket yes that means british soldiers going putting their feet on the ground and putting themselves at risk in ukraine that even something that's that black and white and good and evil because putin's you know really being very horrible if, if I kind of you know adapt my comments yeah. to the audience and don't use the rude words that I want to but even that's not really got a yes or no answer to it does yeah. that
0: make sense yes and that's interesting isn't it to think of it in that way and, and actually you're all human in those media circumstances with your own personal feelings and thoughts but also representing an area of people as well yeah it's yeah
2: it, it, it's it's there's no job like it it is genuinely the best job in the world. And I'm telling you what it needs, and, why, and part of the reason why I'm dead chuffed to come on here, it needs more state-educated people, it needs more people that haven't done politics since 15, you know, like lived a bit of life. It needs more scientists, it needs more business women. it needs more women... So anybody listening needs to, anybody that wants to think about doing it, you know, you'll share my contact details, won't you? Like an email or something in this podcast. Come and talk to me because I am not unusual in our world, but I am unusual down there. So really? yeah, 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 yeah. What so, does that feel like? What does it look like? Oh, well, see, that's my personality so i dive straight in. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I've taken to saying hiya, love, to anybody that went to a very posh school. It's great. <laughs> I'm and, and talking to people on Tubes. I, have you been to London? Like, yeah. Yeah, so there's this big thing where nobody in London talks on the Tube. <laughs> so, I mean, I, not all the time, but... I will just turn round and go. Course, it rained a bit when we got down here, wasn't it? You know, like we do. You get this slightly panicked look. It's fantastic. You're actually talking <laughs> yeah, yeah. on a tube. <laughs> 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 Once I went first time I went to London, I was about 18, and my mum had correctly identified that not an enormous amount of fruits and vegetables were going to be consumed during the weekend. So she sent me down with one of those yellow, yellow honeydew melons, and I'd put it in a plastic bag on the outside of my rucksack, and predictably you got the tube and the bag ripped. And this honeydew melon went all the way down like <gasps> the central aisle of the tube. <laughs> and not one person moved. They're all reading their newspapers, and this melon's rolling past their feet. And nobody, <laughs> nobody bided an eyelid. And I thought, oh God, this is a strange place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and I, I guess, join you in, like, the, is it the House of Commons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it sometimes hard to think, like, if you're very emotional about a topic, is it sometimes hard to, like, put your emotions aside and think logically and what's best for, like, self-ribble? Or do sometimes your emotions get in the way of, like... You know, what the the topic that you're talking um, about.
2: I know what you mean. I um I have seen others get caught up in getting very cross. But I think if you're motivated by anger or hate, I actually think you make quite poor decisions. And it's not really my natural personality. So I can't say I've ever got particularly emotional about stuff, although I have occasionally kicked off a bit, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. But it's more a uh, it's more uh, I think you lose the argument you, you you lose the ear of the person and if I want to make a difference people have actually got to listen to me yeah. so I try very I you know I occasionally will go and kind of have a good moment to some mates yeah. because um, whilst I'm unusual I'm not on my own so there's the the you know you find friendship groups down there because this is the job like no other you yeah. know it, imagine meeting everybody that you meet for the first time kind of knows you as an mp and has the expectations that you have yeah. it can be yeah. isolating so i sit and i go to the pub with a radio presenter a school teacher an oil and gas engineer an ex-coal miner who else do it do you see what i mean yeah. yeah yeah and we all sit around and mercilessly take the mick out of each other and <laughs> it's quite helpful <laughs>
0: And people forget the other side. I, I always think that that we're all human and we've all got you know a, a background and why why we're doing this and finding like for like. How did you find yourself in in this role, of politics? What was is the training to be an MP? Did you just decide <laughs> one day?
2: What happened? I did like, literally sit on the sofa one night. So what was happening was. Um, uh, I did uh, I did my degree, and I couldn't really have, I couldn't really afford to go into the biological sciences. So I was offered a PhD, but I just didn't have the money to do the PhD. You don't earn anything, and you had to pay fees and stuff. So I thought, sod this! I need some cash. So I went down the list of jobs. That paid the most for a graduate salary. The top was lawyer and I wasn't qualified for that. And the second one was doctor and I wasn't qualified for that. The third one was IT and management consultant, So I know oh, I'll go do that then. <laughs> um, and I initially started a I joined a startup business up here in the Northwest. But if I wanted to progress in my career, I had to go to London. And I don't like London enough to want to live in it. So for like almost all of my career, I've got on a train on a Monday morning. And come back on a Thursday or a Friday, having worked in London or the Southeast or Southampton or Glasgow or even, you know, bits abroad, Germany, Denmark, America. But doing that every week, you over like 20, 25 years the gap between what the guys down south had and what we had was just getting wider and wider, you know? So you'd get off the train and there was like budliers growing out of the platform and there was no connecting service and you couldn't get a bus and you had to drive a car. And, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it just felt like we were separating, getting further and further away. And then, uh, and then I heard this thing called the Northern powerhouse which i thought yeah that's what we need and it because it's not giving us a fish it's not giving us a handout it's not giving us benefits or you know like some pointless shiny new place shiny new building that makes no difference it's saying connect the northern and regional economies better give them better transport infrastructure better you know focus on skills that are useful and then that together, they are 15 million people, which is a size of unit that can really start to motor in kind of economic terms. So I basically joined to, to, to say, yeah, we need a northern powerhouse. But I didn't know how to do it. So I had to get all, I didn't know what I was. There's was no political tradition. So I got all the manifestos. Do you know what a manifesto is? No. So it's basically like, the report that political parties will put out in advance of an election—that is, uh, this is what we will do if you vote for us—but they're quite important because when you're trying to put stuff, it in the mechanism of the House, the Lords can't really vote against a manifesto commitment. So they are—they're not just kind of words. Words. Yeah. It's a gender challenge. So anyway, I got all them out. It's 2012. And I got all the manifestos from the 2010 general election and picked the one I disagreed with the least. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. Do you see what I mean? Because anybody that you will, especially um, uh, uh, there's a lot of very passionate young activists of all different political stripes who will tell you that every single thing their party does is perfect and every single thing that you know other parties do is you know awful and terribly motivated it's just not true anybody that's you know in serious in politics they will not agree with every single thing that their party's doing every single second of the day Um, but the way we work in the UK unlike places in Germany is we have uh, we effectively generate our electoral coalitions in advance of elections so you have you heard like you know when um the 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 german parliament is in coalition negotiations so what does that mean so it means different political parties coming together to form a government okay so the german government at the moment oh i'm gonna get this wrong it's i think it's a social democratic party the greens and then another couple of minor parties so that allows people to be very ideologically pure when they are kind of going into an election, but it then means that everybody's kind of having a fallout behind the scenes about what the direction of travel is. Yeah. So, the, so for example, Germany has no nuclear power because the Green Party in Germany stood on a manifesto to say I'm getting rid of nuclear power, which is now proving to be something of a problem for them because they want to decarbonize their economy. They want to get rid of coal to help with the climate, but they haven't got anything to replace it with. And, and Vladimir Putin sells them all his gas or used to. Well, and the point I'm trying to make is in the UK, because we have first past the post, we basically forced the electoral coalitions to have a row before we have an election. So you can hear the Conservative Party is a very broad church. It's got loads of people think very different things. So is the Labour Party. You know, you know you've know, you got all the guys that were like proper Corbynistas all the way through to people people that were like proper Tony Blair guys. That's so an equivalently large spread. So we do that kind of trading about what it is we can agree on to do in a slightly different way. Um, and, and I personally think that's a bit better. And that's why I'm making the point about, Disagree in the least with your manifesto because your manifesto is the end point of this conversation that lots of people are having people think it's a lot more black and white than it actually yeah. is and if you think about it of course it's not black and white yeah because you know human, politicians aren't lizards you know we aren't all kind of stamped with thinking the same thing <laughs> yeah. when we go in it's a conversation you advocate you're passionate you know you said somebody says well we haven't got the money for that and you go i oh, know it's a shame but see what i mean
1: yeah Oh, it sounds really interesting hi everyone we hope you're enjoying this episode so far we're just cutting in to say if you're enjoying our podcast please click the follow button on whichever platform you're listening on and please leave us a review we'd be so grateful for your support and feedback podcasts are free to listen to but if you are loving our school run chats and debates please consider buying us a virtual coffee the link will be in the description of every podcast episode and it will also be in the bio of our instagram which is at the school run under Official, and why not give it a follow while you're there so you can see all the updates and get sneak peeks at upcoming episodes thank you so much and happy listening
0: so then you get the manifesto from each party and that's what you did yeah. and you thought which one do i least disagree with <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> and you chose your party yeah yeah, yeah. And then what? What Then what happens?
2: So, um, well, if you do it badly, in my case, you do, <laughs> so if i will tell you what I did, but uh, anybody listening, don't do this. Okay. So I joined, I joined the party online. Yeah. And then I went and found my local party office and I knocked on the door and I said, hello, I'm going to be an MP. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't really. I, I got and that introduced myself and said, you know, I want to be politically engaged. What needs doing? You have to work quite hard. But I did also say, oh, yes, and I'm going to do my parliamentary assessment board. So in brief, if you, you join a party, uh, you do a lot of work, you know, help people deliver, canvass, knock on doors, that kind of thing. And um, then you put an application form in. It's a bit like a UCAS form where you have to have people saying, yeah, this person's not totally awful, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get past that, then you have to go and do like a, Uh, kind of a very like a long form interview this is what the conservatives do i don't actually know what the other parties do yeah but you have an assessment um face to face and then if you pass that then they you get a little stamp saying yes okay we'd be happy for you to become an mp but then you start all over again in that you are then applying for jobs it's you know you apply for it like you apply for a job but instead of the interview being like one person in a room it's like 200 people in a room and you have to give a speech and that kind of
0: you know answer questions and that kind of thing so that's roughly it wow and it's I mean it's a bit like business and you having been in business people buy people don't they yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just how it is yeah, yeah. and so you've got to be personable and you've got to be able to deliver and confidently use your voice and all of those kind of things and then obviously is this the first time you've been an MP for South Ribble in terms of for this constituency oh god yeah 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 yeah,
2: yeah. So I'm quite unusual. It's quite a long process. I'm I'm pretty unusual for having joined a political party in twelve and being elected MP by nineteen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't normally happen that quickly. Right. I had to do you know to do a lot of work to kind of make it happen that fast. But
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You want change, though. I can see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I do. <laughs> I do. I'm, and but it not necessarily in an aggressive table banging way. I'm just ambitious for us, and I think especially I think north of the Watford Gap or wherever it is, I genuinely think... Oh, here you go. Have you heard of the Hay Literature Festival? No. No. It's I. It's a big posh thing where down uh, in uh, South Wales, it's a really beautiful river valley, It's um, uh, and uh, they put a load of tents up and authors go, and it's kind of very intellectually high-powered, you know, um uh, like fiction authors and also non-fiction. And I'd never been, and I'd heard about it. So it was very curious, and I went. And it's got lots of people in it with like kind of mustard trousers. <laughs> Is that you know, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, but I the um, I I went, and there was they have a huge bookshop, and I've always loved books and reading. And I went round, and there was this set, there was this book called The North. It's massive book, like a foot wide. And I, oh, I'm some interested in this topic. I'll go and have a look. And and it was basically pictures of post war deprivation, you know, like the you know like the houses with like you know ladies with rollers in scrubbing steps and ter- on terrace ter- 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 streets and you know old lads you know having a fag against the wall you know on the guinnel or something. And I got quite cross about it actually <laughs> because it, it, no wonder people kind of think the north is a strange place if that's the kind of book that's getting settled, sold with no context i mean the last picture and it was like somebody with like a v reg ford cortina or something which is the late 70s you know we have you know we have moved on we have moved on a bit (laughs) so i think there's just a job of work to do to educate people about like the fantastic strengths that we've got so you guys are sat in my office i've got a mixture of local people working in my Leyland office but also people that work in my london office who are based in london and my favourite thing to do is to get them up here and say, "Would you like to see one of the, like the major industrial centres in the north of England?" And they're thinking, yeah, you know, and they're thinking kind of like you know mills and chimneys and whatever, and I take them up to Salsbury. I know the B A you know when you go to B A E. So, school, so right? but but you you know but you, you go up the main road, it's a very big road and there's yeah. not much on it. And you can see them going. And then you go past the Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre and then go over the hill. And then of course the valley is just full of it. <laughs> they always die of shock. They're like they can't understand how something that big can't be visible. And is in such beautiful countryside and that, you know, to, you know, is a huge driver of our Northern economy. And um, it's just a little bit of myth busting would do us no harm. Absolutely. Um, bit of myth busting and a bit of advocating. And and I think sometimes some of our political leaders, they don't help because they, they make the case for the Northern powerhouse in a moany type way. You know, they describe what we haven't got. Well, you know we're human beings if you've got somebody constantly moaning saying i haven't got this i haven't got that give us give us one of your sweets type thing you're less likely to listen to them than somebody saying if you give me this sweet then i will give you five back once (laughs) you yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna stay the course on, on the positive on the positive opportunity for the entire country that it just improving some of our stuff delivers and actually, it starting to happen. I opened a, there's um, Runshaw College down the road. Yeah,
1: that's where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, and it's cool.
1: It's really good.
2: <laughs> but we've just given them a couple of million quid to get a new kind of engineering centre. And they were really nice. It's the first time I've ever opened anything with a rhythm. <laughs> oh, so amazing. So I've done it now. <laughs> but, you know, they, they had us down to open it. That's phenomenal. They're like driving forward T-levels. They're driving forward apprenticeships. You know, all uh, lifetime skills guarantee, so it's not just for people of your age. So, say you want, say you um, didn't have an equivalent to an A level. There's a thing called the lifetime skills guarantee, where the government will give anybody like five, six grand. Go and get another qualification. So, I don't know. You fit in kitchens and you want to be a plumber because we've got a shortage of plumbers. We will help you get. You you can you can get um, technical level four qualifications. You know, supported by the government because we know that it's not always dead easy to stop earning and go into education to get a job. And there's more stuff coming on that to just make it easier for people to transition. So, um, and that will—I think that'll make a big difference for us. You know, if you're kind of you're working, I you know some of the glasshouse growers that have got in the South Ribble constituency. You're working there, and you want to be a computer
0: coder. You know, the government can help you do it. Mm, it's brilliant that's so good because we've got to help people pivot and Mm reskill and you know be able to earn their livings and bring more skills in what um I know you're also really passionate about women and working and that's where we got on the conversation yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and and where we're going with my role in the children's activities association and as CEO of of little voices and and you're making waves with that as well how how's that why is it? So, why are you so
2: passionate about it? It's, apart from being a woman, <laughs> yeah, I think that's basically it. Is <laughs> it? <laughs> Hello, listen to me. You know, here's me standing the corridors of power with my arms folded, but very yeah. I just we make better decisions with diverse teams. It full stop. There's a very good article somewhere that I read years ago that was saying the, the, the banking crash, the 2008 banking crash, which and it wasn't just bankers. There was plenty of politicians and lawyers and all sorts in the middle. We women making any of those decisions. It was all blokes. We need more women. We just need more, more women. And, and, and so that's a mixture of um, finding people that want to do it, making it easier to do it, finding role models, um, you know, uh, just talking about it and making it clear that you don't have to do it in a blokey way. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem the problem with me advocating that stuff is, you know, I like going to the football and I will sit in the pub and drink pants with the boys, so it might be a little bit of me helping others to do it the way they want to do it, because I quite enjoy bloke's company, but <laughs> I'm not a bloke. And sometimes you get people who, um, who, don't, who seem to think that you have to have women just because it looks good. They don't see it for why it's actually incredibly valuable to have an alternative voice and a different
0: perspective in the room. So that's why I care about it, honestly, because I think it'll make us better. Absolutely. But as carers and bringing up children, we've got to be able to balance everything and juggle. And we had an earlier podcast with a lady called Susie, who was in HR, the people's um, part of DFS. And, And she was saying, you know, you can have it all, but we just need to... We just need to believe in ourselves sometimes as well and push ourselves forward and Yeah, there is a bit of that. That's what I mean by kind
2: of the role model. Actually, we are we're a bit too diffident. I, I lose and um, every now and then I will actually say to a, a colleague or a um say, You've been a bit of a bird about that one. And and they kind of know what I mean in that, you know, kind of maybe not necessarily being the first person to put your hands in the air to speak or, you know, reading the room a bit more and getting slightly elbowed out by the lads. Um there's a Baroness Ann Jenkins has created this thing called Women to Win, which I did have a little bit to do with, and she comes out with some fabulous stats about uh, women need to be asked in general to be considered standing for a local office or a promotion or whatever. Where and and a woman will say there are ten things on a qualification list. A woman will look at it and go, oh, I've only got seven. I probably won't apply. And a lad will look at it on average and go, Well, I've got four, and I can learn the rest. And so the lads will apply for promotions or, you know, um, with less skills than the women because the women are being too self critical. And just kind of, I'm a believer, in, if you point that out, like, you know, people will go, yeah, I do do that, don't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. faults are not
0: faults are the things that we don't have yeah, yeah. so much of rather than, rather than what we can bring to the table. What what happens between the parties in, just pinning back to, to, to London and um, other part, political parties? Are you friends behind the scenes? Or do you get on? What What's that oh, dynamic yeah, no, we like? Oh, yeah,
1: definitely
2: get on. And there are very genuine friendships across the scenes. Um, it, the... The, you know, I was talking to you earlier about how lots of this stuff is a script. It's it's a script, it, it, especially in the House of Commons chamber. We, they don't read. People know that the minister stands up, then the opposition spokesman stands up, and then person from our benches, then a person from the opposition benches. The speaker referees it, and in general, you know where the debate's going. Um, and then PMQs is like if that's a play, if the House of Commons is a stage, and uh, everything's a play. Then PMQs is the panto, you know. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But you think about it like that, because lots of people watch PMQs and think that that's how we do it all the time. No, not at all. So behind the scenes, when it's not the play, the stage, yeah, yeah, we do sit down. Um, uh, this, uh, this, uh, uh, I vape because I used to smoke. Stupid idea, don't start. And, uh, and so there is the there is a bit of a vapors mafia, which is entirely unrelated to political party. Um, uh, uh, you know, have a bit of a laugh about that. And uh, but it, I find it quite fascinating. There are people that won't talk to conservatives at all you know they think my motivations are really bad but most of the time you know that we'll have a bit of a laugh in the background and we do do quite decent and actually when political parties work together it's actually much more effective so there was a thing called the armed forces parliamentary scheme which is very clever the base the, the military have basically said well, if these people are going to vote to ask us to go and put ourselves in harm's way, they better have a semi-decent understanding of what it is we can do. So it's like a full year's course, which I've passed, actually. But that's cross-party. So actually, we go and visit different sites. I did the army scheme because of you know what our tradition with the veterans here in South Ribble. There's yeah. loads of army vets here. Um, but that was with uh, Labour and SNP MPs. So you know, when, you know, you're all in the back of a Land Rover together. You know, it's it. You can't say can't spend the whole time scowling. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? Um, and so, so I, but I find I find it interesting. I don't. I think it's harder for the opposition to admit that they'll have a laugh with the government than it is for the government to have a laugh with the opposition. And I can kind of see why. Yes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no. It's 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 but. Then um, I had a, an old mate of mine and I just had the chance to show him round the House of Commons. And um, Keir Starmer and Angela Rayner walked past, obviously, on the way from the leader of the opposition's office. So they both, you know, the old head up, you're all right. Yeah, it's and he, he nearly fell off his perch. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, I've, yes, of course I'm going to say hi to them. I know them. And those <laughs> <saying, laughs> people. And those humans breathing. I mean, I'd say <laughs> Angela Rayner's mum and my mum are from the same part of the world. I'm from Withinshaw, And so is Angela Rayner's mum. So we had a bit of a giggle about where we're from. But right. But it's. But it doesn't mean that we don't
0: bite chunks out of each other because we're passionate about our ideas as well. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a teacher or mentor that's inspired you on your journey? Uh, yeah, I get asked this quite a bit. The honest answer is no, not really. I'm a bit.
2: Uh, I I I I think worshiping any one individual hero is actually a bit dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I think I tell you who genuinely first put the idea in my head that it was possible for a woman and a northern woman to do this job is betty boothroyd right so um when i was your age she went on going live which was like the saturday tv show yes. and just you know you could hear that you know she clearly just stubbed a fag out before she got on camera <laughs> and she was you know very flat vowels no nonsense straight talking and i and i went oh Because up until that point, it was all people that looked like Douglas Hurd and Norman Tebbit and and Angel Lawson and, um, you know, all of those kind of, and then Bessie Breesdroid turns up. I was like, oh, right. So that, you know, a little bit of, I hope somebody listening is going, well, that doesn't sound like an alien. No, oh, I might have yeah, a go absolutely. at that. But yeah. that's
0: the whole thing about us needing to see someone who's like us or looks like us or is our gender or is yeah. our skin colour, whatever that is, we have to see someone that we can relate to and think, think it's true. possible.
2: Yes, exactly. I think that's true. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'm doing my bit. Although you can't see me, but you, it's probably, <laughs> probably a good thing at this time on a Friday.
0: <laughs> is there anything you'd go back and tell your younger self? Or a young person today as a piece of as a piece of wisdom, really. Yeah, I um that's a good one.
2: I would love to get a hold of my seventeen, eighteen year old self and say, you know, all these people that are pretending that they've got it all sorted around you. They're totally a <laughs> You know, nobody's got it sorted. You know, some, you know, um, those people that will go, Oh, have you not heard of that? Oh, God, how stupid are you? It's just, they're just pushing you away because they're trying to protect from their own insecurities.
0: Do you think that's true? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've all been at some doing GCSEs now, but there's those that are outside going into the exam going, I've done no revision. And then there's others that are going. I've done loads of revision, and everybody's saying,
2: but you don't know the truth. No, everybody's just, everybody is just moving. Especially when you're really young, everyone's just moving around their own insecurities.
1: Yeah, which I, I mean, I see, but then I feel like I'm different to that. So like, I, if I say I've done no revision, it's genuinely because I haven't. Like, I'm very honest, and I tell people like I have or I haven't. And if I've done loads, I've done loads. or some of my friends are like. Yeah, I've done nothing. But then they were up for like four hours at night. Mm. Whereas I think I'm just more honest and I'm like, well, I'm not going to tell you a lie because it's not going to benefit you or me.
2: So, so that I would observe that that is the smarter long-term strategy, even though it might be painful in the short term. (laughs) Because I've always taken that approach. And and actually, if I have a fault, it's that I'm too direct. You know, I should probably be more political. That's effectively being political with a small P, you know, trying to, you know, be trying to influence a result by moving people around you. Um, you know, sometimes people will come up to me and go, what did you think? And I'm like, "Hmm," a bit you know whereas what I should what I should really do if I'm only looking after my own self-interest oh it was wonderful <laughs> yeah.
0: but you know we need more brutal honesty we need to go go, go straight for the jugular I think um, and <laughs> our final question Catherine it's been lovely chatting to you thank you so much for this insight into your world um, but it's the school run and you've obviously been on our journey having a, a a chat like we would do as we go to school do you have a school run memory of your own? So,
2: so I always use. I went. I was dead lucky. I, I um, got a place at a very posh school at Altrincham, but it was quite a way back to my house, and so I was always on the bus. And um, so my school run was done on the bus to to Alty. And I there's a fra- there's a lesson that I took from that that I'm still using, which is top of the top deck, right at the back. <laughs> 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 okay, because sometimes actually, how you position yourself in a room is is saying as much about what you want to do and achieve and and move people around uh, as anything else. So, like, oh, what led like, there was a, a a big Conservative Party away day discussing future strategies just a few weeks ago. Center of the room, right at the back, and here's the person that ended up sat three seats down, Theresa May right top deck, right at the back is my is my school run um, amazing is, yeah amazing. Is my school run feedback you know what I'm on about don't you yeah I mean, that's what I you know that's uh that if I think if 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 you get if we can get more northerners doing that more women doing that you know focusing on the skills you know with our own attitude we'll create a northern powerhouse that's genuinely ours that makes sense yeah. absolutely
0: <laughs> hasn't it been amazing oh, it been thank amazing. you so much thank <laughs> you for thank sharing you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the School Run podcast. If this is your first time listening, please go back and maybe listen to a few other episodes that we've previously recorded. There's lots of interesting topics, people's different roles and careers. We're sharing all of these stories to inspire and empower young people. That's our reason why. You don't have to have it all figured out at school. My co host, Liv, is my 15 year old daughter, and I just keep telling her. Her that school is just a small chapter of of life and there's so much out there if you just say yes to those opportunities you don't have to have it figured out at school we're privileged to be having these conversations and we're really thankful to our guests for coming on please would you hit the follow button on the podcast channel that you're listening to us on this will really help us to grow and improve the podcast long term it'd be lovely if you could write us a review on the podcast that you listen to us on and maybe give us a star rating lots of people have already bought us a virtual coffee so that we can have some chats and plan the content going forward the link is www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash the school run www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash the school run and as Liv has already told you in the middle of this episode we do have an instagram the school run underscore official and we also have a linkedin showcase page would you just share this podcast if you've enjoyed it with one other person today that would really help us thank you so much don't forget to click that follow button and we'll see you again next monday at 6 a.m